My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a bit of a gloomy winter morning here in the capital today, but I'm delighted to say that joining me on the programme to hopefully add a little bit of brightness to your affairs is Steph Dickinson from Pie Factory Music. Uh, Steph, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure having you on the programme with us as well, Steph. So um, you are Managing Director of uh, Pie Factory Music and you're a charity set up to provide essentially free accessible music and related arts workshops for young people in the East Kent area, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. And as well as um, your work with uh, with that, you're also a freelance songwriter, vocalist, workshop leader as well. So, you know, quite a diverse set of skills there. Yeah, it's actually quite quite an interesting story in terms of how I got involved with Pie Factory Music. So actually, um, as a young person, used to attend their free workshops. Mm. Um, so that's how I started, like with a kind of love for creativity, myself as a musician, and then actually really got interested in this sort of transformation um, that can happen socially. Um, and that's kind of how I then got involved with with the charity. And I suppose it's fair to say as well that you sort of risen through the ranks within the organisation as well, haven't you? Because I think you sort of worked um, in sort of programme management um, at one point and then you've sort of come yeah. up to become the MD. So, yeah, quite a rise. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a sort of ethos that just runs through the organisation um, where we where we can actually seeing potential within the very young people we're working with and actually making space for that within our organisation. So it's certainly my story, and that probably about um, 30% of our staff now have come up in the same way. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. And um, just because a lot of our sort of younger listeners especially tend to be of maybe an entrepreneurial mindset and maybe have sort of a big idea of going and managing their own business for themselves, um, if you could Mm -hmm. maybe give any advice to somebody like that to really get them to look up, see the opportunities and embark on that road to success, what sort of advice would you maybe give them based upon your own experiences? I think um, it's really important to get to know yourself well. um, And I think it's in, in whatever sector you move into, kind of knowing what your ultimate passion is, what makes you tick, um, is the thing that can really uh, just hold you through, you know, really challenging times. Because actually running a business, a charity, it's challenging work. And it's really important to have that kind of really firm root in why you're doing what you're doing, what makes you tick, um, and then surrounding yourself with people that can really complement that. Mm. And I think sort of the team that you sort of, pick to surround yourself with as you say you're there I mean that's one of the most important things isn't it of being successful I mean you're only good as a leader as that sort of team that you assemble around you aren't you really absolutely and I think um I mean even even as a, a freelancer I think um it's really important to have a team around you even if that's not in terms of you know working alongside you but just in terms of and bringing out the best in you having having people that you can be really honest and vulnerable with and can help you grow. And I think ultimately um, it's really important as a leader to kind of surround yourself with that sort of collaboration because it will always, especially if it's people that um, perhaps think in a different way to you or approach things in a different way, it will always stretch stretch you and help you grow. And I think that's absolutely vital, especially when you're starting out. Mm. 
And we've seen some of the importance of these qualities over the uh, the last couple of years, especially as well. You mentioned those words challenging times already on this uh, podcast, perhaps not referring directly to the COVID-19 pandemic, but I think it would be remiss of us not to, of course, talk about that. Um, obviously, yeah. we've had to sort of fall back and rely upon the people around us more so than ever before, even though we've not always sort of been together over the last couple of years. Um, how sort of has it been operationally for yourself and Pie Factory Music in managing through this period so far? Yeah, it's been it's been really, I would say, really interesting, really challenging um, and also really quite beautiful to see um the things that we've been building as an organization come to fruition under pressure and it really Mm -hmm. shows you what you're made of when you're under pressure and the things that fall away and the things that remain um so operationally it's been quite interesting for us as a youth charity having uh, originally you know back in the first lockdown having to transition all of our programs online and the challenges of that with um, the digital divide with some of our young people who don't have access to the internet. And, you know, it was very much a mixture of we would drop off care packages and resources literally to doorsteps to make sure that young people had resources to engage with us. Um, and then also developing an online program of work um, and then kind of moving into more face-to-face but one-to-one work. Um, and actually, as a result of the whole first year of kind of COVID-19, we developed a counselling service because we we realised that the, the biggest need that we were seeing was young people needing to access talking therapies and the waiting list increasing. And we felt like actually that's something we're well placed to do. Young people trust us, um, you know, just, just to give access to more more space to talk openly so that that was a big operational change and a kind of pivot for us but I think it was in that moment where I really looked at our organization and thought if we were bigger um, in in a way it would have been harder to pivot in the way we did so there was something quite like I said earlier quite beautiful about us being able to see the needs respond put in you know change the direction of our program to respond to that need quite immediately um, that felt like a real a real privilege that we were able to do that. It's remarkable, isn't it? Just sort of that resilience that small organisations and businesses have shown over the uh, the last couple of years. And yeah. obviously those changes have come about out of a necessity, I suppose. Um, but given sort of how effective that sort of remote patterns are working have certainly been during this time, can you see yourself sort of keeping some of those aspects for sort of the longer term in the way that your organisation operates? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we've always been um, really quite flexible in our employment, um, partly due to the fact that we just recognise different people's um, life commitments and um, parental commitments and dependent commitments and all that sort of stuff. And we've always tried to be an employer that um, just really respects that and really upholds a kind of value for work-life balance. Um, so that wasn't new to us, but I think what what we've really realized is that some things transition well remotely and others don't, especially when it's in terms of working with young people. Um, And it was really interesting to see the groups that transitioned well to online sessions and the groups that really, really missed being in a room with our youth workers. So I think what we've kind of, where we've settled is some sort of middle ground where we're open to both. Um, we're able to do both, but we're also really respectful of people's preferences. Some people prefer mm. to be in a room with people 
and other people can quite happily beaver away on their own at home. So I think just that sort of, yeah, a, a respect of different people's preferences, but also um, recognising the value of both, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked a lot there about sort of safeguarding mental health and morale amongst some of those young people that you work with. But I suppose within the organisation, so with sort of yourself as the figurehead and also your colleagues as well, your staff members, um, has it been um, quite easy sort of keeping morale on a high amongst yourselves as well? Yeah, I think um, this is where I've been really grateful for the kind of work we've been doing prior to COVID around our team well-being, mm-hmm. around um, you know, being able to be open and honest at work about how we're doing. So actually when COVID hit, it wasn't it wasn't new to us to have those open and honest conversations. So I think the way that we've really handled it is to recognise that we're not all going to be feeling great all of the time and to lean on each other at different times. So there's been times where I've had to take a step back and say, I'm actually not feeling great and I need someone else to kind of be a bit more out in front at the moment um, and actually just sharing that load between us as a senior management team has has been really vital um, and I think this has been a real time for us to kind of stretch our creativity in new ways so you know del- we've been delivering care packages to our team um, so it's not only about the young people we're supporting but really recognizing that this has been tough for our team as well um, um, have it you know having like online social events and and when we were able to meet face to face just making that really creative and um yeah I think just the word I I keep coming back to is like navigating it together Mm. sort of recognizing that every single season of this has been a new thing to navigate and as long as we've kept an open conversation we've actually I think we're a lot closer as a team as a result Absolutely. And obviously from having to navigate this crisis as well, I mean, it's been so new to uh, so many of us. Um, Would you say that you've actually come away from this, maybe actually having learned some quite positive lessons about yourselves, despite all of the tragedy of it? Yeah, I would actually. Um, Like I said earlier, I think when when the pressure's on, um, I think you really get to know what you're made of as a person and also what you're made of as a team. And I think what I have seen in our team and in our organization is just a level of resilience that um, I couldn't dream of Uh, and a a commitment to the work that we're doing and the purpose that we serve as a charity. Um, Again, just to a a level that you'd hope for. Um, And I think also, I think we've really realized um, that the well-being and the culture of our organisation mm. isn't just a nice little add-on, but is absolutely vital to the depth of the work that we're doing. So I feel like that, which, yeah, we were kind of heading in that direction already, but I think the last two years has just brought that right to the centre that we actually really want to, we don't just want to do it for our own organisation, but we want to um, inspire other organisations to look after their teams radically Mm. (laughs) um and especially in the charity sector to actually um yeah i I don't know i think we've we've kind of realized there can sometimes be a bit of hypocrisy with in the charity sector so you you really look after your beneficiaries or your participants but actually you've got staff who are burning out high rates of staff turnover all of that sort of thing and i think what we've realized is that we've found a way that 
doesn't have to be like that and we can really enjoy our work and look after each other and look after our young people um in a sustainable resilient way Mm, really sounds like you got the balance right and i think it is those businesses and organizations that do have that sort of culture at the heart of everything that they do that have probably fared better over the course of the last couple of years because if you've got that culture in place if you are demonstrating that you've got employee well-being right at the heart of everything that you do um they're going to go above and beyond for you in times of crisis when the chips are down and we've certainly seen that over the uh, the pandemic haven't we yeah absolutely and I think as well, it's important to note that as we've sort of come out of COVID, I mean, I know we're not sort of completely out of the woods yet, but we're seeing in the recruitment environments as well that the demands that prospective employees have from their prospective employers is starting to change. There are a lot more people now that are concerned about, well, do you have employee well-being and sort of flexibility at the heart of uh, what you do? And if you don't do that you're simply not going to be able to sort of tap into that resource of talent that's out there because we're very much in changing times, aren't we? And people's priorities Mm -hmm. are starting to shift with them. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's one thing that this has shown us in a positive way that actually it's not only possible to be flexible, it's also better for everyone. It's better for organisations, it's more sustainable, it's better for us as humans and our society so I think that is one real positive that we've just been forced to see that we can work in a different way and and I think I find that quite exciting actually to just dream about a new way of working that is better for families and for single people and for disabled people and for all of the people that maybe have had barriers to work in the past actually Mm. I think this has shown that it's it can be more accessible if we if we do some work around it. I think that's absolutely right. It's a really, really important point as well. And it's going to be very interesting times as to see how this sort of really starts to take shape for the longer term as we sort of venture into the post-COVID world. Uh, but before that, of course, um, we have entered a new year and just sort of forgetting about the trajectory of the pandemic for a moment, Steph. Um, I'd be interested to understand some of your plans within Pi Factory Music in the sort of shorter term. Um, over this sort of next 12 months, now that we're into 2022, um, what is it that you're sort of really looking to get out and achieve this year? Yeah, so we're in. This is an interesting year for us because it's our 20th anniversary as a charity. So, our short-term goals is to really celebrate that mm-hmm. and to tell some stories of um, people like myself and others who have come through as young people participating in the programs of Pi Factory Music and then eventually going on to whatever sector it is they've moved into. We want to tell some of those stories and just have a real year of celebrating what what we've achieved together. Um, we also were really looking at, um, again, like taking our, our well-being kind of um, experience and our, the culture that we've created and looking at how we can inspire others with that and maybe even opening up some of the opportunities that we've created for other people locally in the same sector. Um, and also, I think what, what we've really looked at over the last kind of couple of years is actually our strategy in a new way so this is a bit of a year for dreaming about the next three to five years Mm -hmm. and thinking about how what we need to put in place to make sure that we're around for the next you know the next decade and that we're actually growing um, and changing as we need to. 
Well, first and foremost, I should congratulate you on the 20-year milestone. Um, absolutely fantastic that you've been around for that long doing the work that you do. And it is refreshing, isn't it, actually, as well, being able to sort of plan for the next three to five years? Because I suppose over the last couple of years, given that things have changed so quickly, long-term planning has been quite difficult, hasn't it? So that must be must certainly be refreshing yeah. as well. Yeah, I think during the first year, I had hoped to kind of finish a business plan for the, for the next five years. And in the first year of lockdown, I just had to just kind of, well, actually what we did was an interim business plan. We did a year long, mm-hmm. um, we did an annual plan rather than three to five years. Um, and I had to just let go of my need to plan way in advance. And I'm sure a lot of other leaders had to do that as well, because it just, it felt um, in the end, there was no point trying to plan further than, you know, a couple of months at a time. And um, so it feels really nice to stretch out again now and to dream again and to feel, um, I think a little a bit more stable enough mm. to do that exactly right it's all part of how we've had to adapt isn't it but it's good that we're starting to at least get yeah. back to that side of things um, and for any listeners tuning in actually that um you know are interested in some of the work that the uh, the organization is doing um you can find out more at um, your website i think it's pie factory music or one word.com isn't it for people who want to visit yeah so that's stuff. right right brilliant yeah that's right Lovely stuff. So everybody um, interested in uh, their work, please do go and uh, visit the uh, the website. And it's a great, great shame that we're actually out of time, Steph, um, on the programme today because I could literally sit and talk about all of these things uh, with you all day. Um, really enjoyed having you come onto the programme to share your story from the last couple of years. Um, and do take care as well and stay safe with all still going on. And I do hope that you've enjoyed the experience. Thanks, Scott. Um, really nice to chat to you. Likewise, and to all of our listeners tuning in today as well, um, please um, do take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world, and we will be seeing you next time. And for those who tuned in today who may feel, based on what we've talked about, that you have your own tale of success and innovation to share from the last two years or before, then why don't you also apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>